Welcome everybody to episode 128 of 128. the Twenty eight. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, we're here. Um, I'm of course Meals. I'm here with JG Okoto himself. Yes, yes. What's going on, man? Would you say this is the biggest episode? <clears throat> it's massive for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> this is this is yeah. stuff that we've talked about and never thought it would come to fruition. Yeah, but it's, we it's listen, man. Listen, man. We did it. That's all I got to say about that. We yeah, did it. it was, like it's beautiful. I think just in general, the the way this matters to us and being able to talk to people who've been voicing characters from our childhood, being able to do it on our podcast, and now it makes me look like. Listen, we got Chris Chris Sabin and Sean Chanel <laughs> on the podcast. Like, you know come what I'm on, saying, bro? You know, like, bro. And, it and, makes and me I, look back, doesn't it? Though, because I mean, at the at the end of the day. I, we, we logged off of there and I was like, man, I've also spoke to Mark, Mike McFarland. You know, I'm like, I'm putting all, it all together and I'm just like, damn, bro. Like, this, this is our third time talking to Zeno. This is third like. Third time talking to Zeno. Uh, at this point, Zeno, Zeno knows us by government. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it, it's really honestly, bro, it was like everything aside, even just like on some fan shit, it was uh, really important. Like stuff I, I won't ever forget. So this week, obviously, if you've been sitting under a rock, as we've been talking about this for the past number of weeks, um, the Dragon Ball Super superhero film is officially in theaters this week. It's coming out. I guess it's on Friday. I don't know if you can see it on Thursday. Um, yeah, so you might be able to see it. Um, tune into the movie. That's all I got to say about that. I think it's a we we we've watched it already we got the screener a week ago or so just to prepare for these interviews and it is an enjoyable experience if you're a fan of dragon ball especially old school dragon ball to like dragon ball over the essence of it like the pure yeah, yeah. like before it became completely beam struggles and don't get me wrong there's some beam struggle that you can get the beams in the film yeah it's gonna be there um, now but but this is a, this is a nice throwback to us honestly it is a great great film um and the voice actors themselves just did a great great job throughout the film so i implore you if you if you're gonna watch the sub go watch the sub but if you got if you got time for the dub i say the dub is incredibly done well it's dragon ball it's the voices that we heard it's goku it's vegeta it's piccolo it's gohan it's trunks it's goten it's krillin it's everybody who's in this film um but i mean we got to talk to everybody uh Hold on. We got to talk to everybody in this film. Um, we were part of a press junket for this film. So I also want to give a shout out to Najir. And I want to give a shout out to Ernesto. Uh, Najir, a big gold belt media. And Ernesto, yeah, yeah. a full circle cinema. Because if you hear questions that aren't ours, they came from them. And it was a Absolutely. quaint press, they were press junket. Yeah, they were amazing. They were awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it was a quaint press junket. It was only pretty much four of us. Include well, it's three media outlets because we count as one media outlet. And you're gonna hear that in the episode because I truly feel like at points we got screwed. But I didn't want to say we anything. did. But you know, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. But they also they were like, oh, there's two of y'all. That's cheating. But then I was also like, yeah. So now you're gonna give us even less questions <laughs> Real. because of that. But nonetheless we just came to represent man that was it we just came to represent we podcast hosts man we we, yes, we does this so 
um with that said it was it was great you're gonna get a lot of great experiences probably one of the most eye-opening ones for me and sean chamel was talking about like yo i wasn't going money when um when goku was in the healing tank and i didn't have no lines <laughs> i wasn't getting any money i was like yo that is said he was in the hype but he's he was healing <laughs> that was hilarious it's actually really um, funny though so the order this is going to go is we have the interview with Zeno and Alex, who are Gamma 1 and Gamma 2. Love those guys, man. Then, then we have the interview with Sean Chamel. Um, I want to get his name right. Well, it's Zach Aguilar and then, um, fuck, where's my mouse? I want to get this man's name right. He was Carmine in the movie. Um, I believe it was Jason Marinoka, so, or Marinoka. Um, so we have an interview with those three and then we cap it off with Chris Sabat and uh, Kyle Herbert, the voices of, well, Chris Sabat is a million voices. So there's yeah, no, yeah. he's, he's Vegeta, he's Piccolo, he's All Might, he's, <laughs> he's, he's everybody. Um, yeah. So, and Chris, you know, um, Kyle Herbert, who is the voice of Gohan in the film and probably some more, to be honest with you. Uh, so make sure you tune into the movie. Make sure you tune into our interviews. Yes, um, yes. And, and, you know, we'll be, we're going to get this thing started. So let's get it started. Don't let it go to your head. Who are you and what do you want? An old-fashioned superhero fulfilling orders in the name of justice. Piccolo! That was an underwhelming performance. I was expecting a lot more out of you. The return of the Red Ribbon Army is near! <laughs> this world needs a hero. I just picked up some new intel on who the villains are. Gohan, it's do or die time, so draw out all of your strength. <laughs> Okay then, guess it's my turn! Oh, holy crap! Dragon Ball Super Superhero! What's up, Zeno? What's up, Alex? Good to see you two hanging out together, homies. Uh, got to talk to Zeno a few weeks ago, so it's dope to catch back up and the two of you together in the same room. Uh, Zeno spoke a lot about you two's friendship and how it was a pleasure to work alongside of you now seeing the film, seeing that work come to life, um, have you all had a chance to see it? And what have you been feeling about your performances on it? You want to take this one first or should I? Uh, you do. You, you go. Gamma one. Okay. Mm. I have seen the film. Uh, it was a blast. And I got to say, story-wise, it's got to be one of my favorite films yet. Probably my favorite, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, it just had such a nostalgic vibe to it. Uh, it drew a lot it reminded me a lot of like the original dragon ball prior to dragon ball z and i really love that content where you know it was all about family and fun and there were a lot more you know action especially with side characters as well and i feel like this film is a great moment for for uh everybody to shine and mm. it was just great to see you know the yeah. great gohan yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of Alex, uh, having uh, seen uh, the film and um, knowing what I know about it. Uh, I think I I think I, I spoke a lot about this. Like Gamma 2's heart is like really, uh, as far as my performance is concerned, like uh, kind of a shining beacon in the in the film. 
And uh, it's kind of, uh, I think, his key trait. And I think it's what audiences will connect with the most. Um, I usually uh, take to any work that I do and I study it and I criticize it harshly. And I think like no harsher will I be a harsher critic than on a movie like Dragon Ball and a franchise like Dragon Ball. So I can't, I probably won't be able to speak reliably about my performance because I'll probably like tear it to shreds. But I think um, <laughs> I think the, the best thing about uh, I think the best thing about it is for me, I, th I felt like um, as long as I feel like audiences take away Gamma 2's heart from the films, that's all I can ask for of myself. Um, I, and just kind of piggybacking off of Alex, I think it's like a very funny uh, uh, story that's, that's connecting back to the roots of Dragon Ball with more humor, more expansion on the world. We don't really focus on Goku and Vegeta as characters. Um, this is more this this is definitely an expansion of the universe uh, of Dragon Ball, which is something that I really, really like to see. Um, yeah. My question is a sort of like one for both of you guys. So I want to know what the process was like voicing these two characters and becoming partners both on and off screen. If you guys collaborated a lot, um, you know, before making the movie. Uh, well, prior to, to doing this film, we hadn't done a lot of things together, uh, at least things where we're not yeah, fighting. Yeah, not to this capacity. We're usually, like, fighting each other and stuff. Like, if you watch Paroko's <laughs> arrivals yeah. or, like, uh, sometimes I'll, like, he'll bully me or I'll bully yeah, him. Yeah. And it's always... so, so this this was kind of our moment to finally yeah. uh, be bros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, even... Tracing back to the audition process, um, we basically kind of auditioned together. Yeah. Uh, Chris Stabbitt, our director, uh, was like, hey, uh, we, I would like to hear you both, you know, for these roles. Mm -hmm. And so Zeno would text me and he's like, did you do it yet? And I'd text him like, no. <laughs> did you do it yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of trade files and listen to what we did and, yeah. and kind of just like take notes. And even going into the booth, mm -hmm. uh, we had a lot of time to just yeah. elaborate. And that was a really fun experience. That was experience. cool. Yeah. Like you came, Alex came early to recordings um, and he, uh, Chris, like our director, he was like, oh, do you, do you, well, this is my voice. Do you want to sit in? And uh, uh, he kind of let Alex kind of sit in and listen to a lot of my process, which I think like uh, really helped us kind of establish not just like making the voices similar and distinct, but also helping kind of uh, create the bond and the cohesion between the two characters. Because then we had the freedom to, if Alex got an idea, he could hop in the booth um and i would hop out or if i got an idea i could hop in and he would hop out and we could always swap and i can go oh because you read it like this i can read it like that now that i'm hearing it in real time um and that's like a rarity in anime recording so it really mm -hmm. helped us i think uh establish the relationship between gamma one and gamma two wow really cool really cool tag team then that's that's awesome <laughs> hey so um Shout out to you guys. Uh, hey, what up, Zeno? Alex, how you guys doing from the lookout? Um, so actually, I wanted to ask, well, I have two questions, but I'll do one. Um, I'm assuming both of you guys grew up watching Dragon Ball. I know Zeno did. I've interviewed him before. Mm -hmm. So did you have to have any prep? Let's say we're finally, we're doing the power-up scenes. We're doing the action scenes. We're doing the screaming scenes. Did you guys need any prep? Did you guys have to ask for any advice? Did you guys have to do kind of anything for that? Or was like, nah, this is ingrained in me since I was a kid. Like my <laughs> was years on my middle school, elementary school, 
playground in your bedroom. <laughs> right like that was my <laughs> prep in public places. yeah it was <laughs> practicing yeah, we look at each other <laughs> yeah. and go, eh. <laughs> like that was my prep is, is playing every game and yeah. and um you know uh playing pretend as a kid um and then being impassioned as an artist when the time finally came to know exactly where that comes from inside of myself yeah, uh, if, if anything, uh, Chris was uh, our director was very surprised when we both <laughs> came in ready to do the fight sound. Oh, yeah. He was like, whoa, you guys already know what to do. I don't need to tell yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in fact, sometimes I think I kind of scared him a little bit of how eager <laughs> I was. To, like, like, you know, uh, Gamma 2 has a couple of like really big moments and like I would finish them and he would be like, are you okay? <laughs> and I would be like, can I do another? Like, <laughs> yeah, more, yeah, exactly. And he's like, you madman, we got it the first time. Um, yeah, I, I can like hear him like clench up whenever I, I had to do a big scream because he was just, he was very concerned. He was worried about my voice because he knows what those things can do to our voices. But I was, I was all in. That's awesome. That's awesome. And does it change the pressure joining something like Dragon Ball Super and putting your voice on a character? Does it, does it change the way that you, you know, go into your performance? Is it, is it, it's kind of like what what my partner Mills said. Does it really take you to a whole nother level knowing that you're just you're playing a character that's going to be in history on such a major franchise? I think there is definitely a certain amount of pressure there because jumping into such a legendary franchise, there's always going to be high expectations and stuff like that. But personally speaking, and I'm sure it is for you too, we were just so eager to play in this world that we had no worries like, yeah. whatsoever. Uh, I, was, I was certainly not nervous mm. at all. I think my excitement to just go in there and, you know, be a part of this film kind of outweighed any concerns I had. So mm. at the end of the day, and I knew I was doing it with you. So yeah. I knew we were going to have a blast. Yeah. And, you know, when the day came, we just had a great time. Yeah, I had a good as time. expected. Yeah. Um, I set out to make this my best work to date. Um, I think that's just a pressure I put on myself with this being Dragon Ball, but I really did set out to be like, I want this to like everything that I've done before. I want this to top it. Um, and I think when I focused on that, uh, it became less about, I mean, it, I did feel pressure, of course, with uh, Dragon Ball's near dear. Right. So there's any pressure being put on me. It's by my, it's by my own standards. Um, but uh, I did kind of set out to make it, the best i've done and i think that dedication to that uh maybe like put the put pressure off of me and made me really hone in on the work all right so it is dragon ball we're all fans here so you know we got to ask the typical uh you know the the forms and the the, the old school chat uh questions <laughs> gamma one and gamma two versus android 17 and 18 how does this go down Ooh, mm. you know you let's see well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. We gave Piccolo a hard time. Yeah, and Gohan. And Gohan. Gohan post Boo. Right, right. I mean, he's he was he's not as sharp as he he was, mm -hmm. you know, once, but right. I think I think it would be a pretty tied match, but I'm just saying we're kind of the update, huh? I think yeah, I I think when it's described in the movie as the mightiest androids mightiest ever. Androids. I don't know where that that they are like power level wise, but I I feel like I give it to the to the gammas. I think I think their new technology and their new ability yeah. to adapt even to the greatest fighters yeah. like Gohan and Piccolo even uh gives them a yeah. high advantage. Yeah. They, they they didn't even they, it's not like they came out of those fights like 
not really, yeah, really they, damaged either. They, they, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, like not even, not even like, not even broke a sweat. Yeah. So, so. It, Listen, I I think obviously you got a lot before your character, you but, but 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 I think we all know the MVP of the of the tournament of power was Android eighteen, so mm. or oh, seventeen. So I'm just saying, mm, I'm yeah. just saying, yeah. <laughs> about it if you think about it sure android 17 also got murked by trunks uh, <laughs> uh both of the androids when he went back to the he went back to the future and just murked both of the androids now i'm like i have to a uh, power scaling like if i can <laughs> gohan super saiyan right. 2 um who taught trunks you know like i feel like somewhere here <laughs> somewhere here <laughs> no Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've said my piece. Yeah. <laughs> Something on the similar lines of that, but I want to ask you two: Who would you guys want Gamma One and Two to go up against? What duo do you think would be a fun uh, duo to go up against in a fight? I really agree with Android Seventeen and Eighteen. I really yeah, would yeah, want yeah. to know, like in canon, like who is the stronger like pair of like androids. I, I really do think like 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 Android Seventeen and Eighteen at their peak performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like in their prime yeah, yeah, <laughs> before yeah. they like became like home people. Like, yeah, home yeah home. <laughs> I think the, the thing that is so interesting about androids are, is their ability to adapt mm-hmm. and you know. Uh, basically study their opponent's moves instantly. Right. So I feel like it would be a very fast pace. And mm. what do you do when you put two computers against each yeah, other? Yeah, exactly, right? right? Uh, so. Mac versus Android. <laughs> Battle of the Androids. That'd be awesome. We'll want to see that. <laughs> Which is the better hardware? <laughs> um. So how long? Well, I don't know how long, but... As, did it come to the realization that you guys are really one of the the first people of color kind of playing these massive roles in Dragon Ball? And kind of how did that kind of like, did it hit you at any time? Has it hit you now in terms of like playing these massive roles? It's like really the first time in Dragon Ball over the last maybe, you know, two decades or so we're seeing true people of color in these massive roles in the film. Like, how do you guys feel about that? And how has it kind of affected you? I honestly haven't really <laughs> thought about it like that yeah mm-hmm. but um that's that's kind of crazy that that the you know just so happens that the two of us mm-hmm. uh got to jump in at, at such a great time yeah um and i i feel like you know for me as an immigrant who basically grew up uh learning english via dragon ball i feel like for me this is very much one of my best goals i've ever accomplished yeah. in my life Too and cool. and uh, i've had fans come up to me and and thank me for for you know making them feel at home when they when they consume media with mm-hmm. with somebody else who looks like them in it so mm-hmm. i think it's definitely important you know as always but uh, it really hasn't set in yet i think mm-hmm. it really hasn't i haven't really sat with it i think i i started i noticed like how diverse the cast was when that big list with everybody and their pictures kind of came together i was like Oh, you know, this is kind of a little bit of a, a, bit of a diverse cast we got going on here, at least with the new people. And not just like me and you, like 
as far as races go, but I think generations, mm-hmm. like, you know, we have like you and Zach who like, and me who are kind of like the fresher blood when it comes to like voiceover. And then there's like Charles Barnet, who's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's like a freaking legend in the community uh, and like a legend on like the video game side being, you know, the voice of Mario. And then uh, apparently uh, James Marnoka was part of like the Absalom, like, like film like fan film stuff that used to happen so it, it's definitely a new film in yeah every sense of the word yeah really. and like i i know like the impact dragon ball had on the black community um and i know the impact it still does have on my, on our community so like um i was acutely aware <laughs> of how uh of i never thought like i've been trying to play oob for like, you know, like or like when oob comes back i was like he's the he's like the only one we've got you know so i i had to be able to play it in this capacity like um um to on this scale on a movie like this i think i've been acutely aware of like how uh actors are how much how far we've come when it comes to representation and sure. color and like being able to play Android, I uh, mean, being, being able to play Gamma 2 as opposed to like some other character, I think yeah, is, you know, is a just, testament to that. Just the fact that we're able to see ourselves, you know, yeah. top billing. The fact that I was considered, the yeah, fact yeah, that Chris yeah, Sabat yeah. was like, hey, like, I think I want you. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, like, uh, so I mean, we've, we've definitely come a long way. And yeah. I feel like this is definitely like a historic moment yeah. for both of us and also the just industry like, yeah. in general. Yeah. Agreed. All right, so an, another question in 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 terms of the film. Now, Alex, you said you've seen it. I just wanted to you could uh, express your emotion of looking at the animation, which is clearly next level in this film. I just wanted to know what were you thinking when you was watching it because I was kind of like mind blown without words. But see, I'm putting you on the spot so you can generate some words about what I was thinking. <laughs> Possible. Uh, that was super amazing for me to see with this is that it's a new form of animation it's 3d but it's stylized as 2d so they were able to get really really creative with that and for the first time with these free cameras we were able to do these insane angles within like half a second yeah so the fight scenes always looked they never needed to like cut to multiple different angles they just like pan the camera around and Mm -hmm. you could see the fight scenes like in their entirety yeah. and also the way they did the colors mm-hmm. of the blasts mm-hmm. and everything was just incredible and the choreography yeah. really really like really stood good. out yeah. with this new animation i was just absolutely blown away it was truly a spectacle for me personally yeah i'm gonna just agree with you there like i think this is like some of the first few times outside of playing the games you can see a lot of these moves and a lot of this stuff in a three-dimensional true three-dimensional space it's dragon and ball three yeah it like hits different it, like, <laughs> around it, yeah <laughs> it hits a little differently like for fans of broly who like how crisp and fluid that animation was i think this is gonna have more specifics to like uh a, a more well-rounded like kind of spectacle than oh, Broly yeah, was yeah. um I think I can only always speak to the specificity of like so there's so many tight minute details that can only really be captured like in a in like a 3D kind of mm-hmm. uh animation style and I think like and they did a great really job great job yeah, it's like yeah. cool seeing like all this stuff all these fights happen in like three-dimensional space it's also so the cool. colors are very saturated yeah. right it's awesome I wanted to know what you uh, what you two uh, took away from your experience of entering the Dragon Ball world and um, how that you think will affect your work going forward. Like what it means to you, you know, to be a part of this iconic franchise. Going forward, I feel like, uh, you know, we're we're probably going to 
always look back on yeah. this moment as like hopefully not look back on it as like wow i'll never get there again yeah how do i top dragon ball it's definitely put them up for, yeah. for whatever we do next but uh it truly yeah again, it's it's an incredible moment for both of us i think i especially i think for me when we're speaking speaking on the last question about like representation and about what that means like i never i guess if you'd asked a 2017 Zeno who was like man they're not hiring me because blank 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 you would never have thought like he would eventually like go on to be like um a star in one of the uh dragon ball films uh you know like as a kid like it's just very a full circle moment for like my inner child but also for like me as an artist as well like I Dragon Ball was kind of part of what brought me into this world of anime and what got me what started my that flame that passion um and now that I'm a part of it um it's it's it, it was with me as something that's like wow like a lot of the the, the things that you thought were unachievable are <laughs> as long as you like continue to like uh um continue to focus on the work and and you know just grateful to god and just be blessed you know just keep focused on be great and grateful and be the best artist you could be <clears throat> okay um my first question would be for sean uh yeah. i just want to know what it was like having your character take more of a back seat this time around in this dragon ball film it was great um i had to work way less and that was fun um no i <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm, and it's happened a few times in the series. I remember uh, asking my dad for gas money because uh, Goku was in the healing tank and I wasn't getting any hours at work. And I was like, Dad, I can't even drive to work. This is like in the early 2000s when I first started working on the show. So it's happened before. And I'm so proud of this cast because, you know, when you're in the hot seat for 20 years and, and, and it's, I never really think of when I'm acting that I'm carrying a show. It's, it's really an ensemble cast. But you do realize when you're not in the hot seat how much work you, uh, you are having to do. And you worry that if, if if that void is there, that you're hoping that, you know, you're, the cast and the characters and the writing is going to fill that void uh, in a very unique and special way. And and, and, and as well as hopefully the, the story and yourself has been doing it. And this cast just killed it uh, in, in that regard. Everybody is just performing at 110 percent of their abilities, in my opinion. And uh, they're just nobody. No, it, it, the level of care that went into this movie was unprecedented, although we do it for every single one. But yeah, it was uh, it was really exciting for me to just and I'm so proud of Kyle uh, for just bringing it as Gohan, which he always does. But, you know, he has some new uh, uh, situations that we can't talk about yet that uh, are pretty impressive. And uh, to hear the new and what I, what I love is to hear the new cast, because um, I thought it was interesting. I was talking to Alex Lee and, and I know Zach is just a touch older than Alex. And I said, I said, Alex, when were you born? He was like, 1999. And I'm like, that's when I started on the show in March of 99. <laughs> and to have the, this, the new cast, you know, really killing it. And then you have the legacy old cast and it all just comes together in this wonderful, uh, this pie that uh, Chris Sabat is, and it wouldn't have happened without Chris Sabat. He directed, he directed that movie like crazy. And, and, and he's so excellent about building a sonic palette of different timbres that come together really well when he's casting. So it's not just about acting, it's how the voices sound together. And he's really, really excellent at that part in particular. And so the casting was just done so well and everybody just performed so well. And so for me to sit back and watch it, like I, as an actor and as a character, I'm just eating popcorn watching pretty much. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's uh, and it's important yeah. to do that with a story. If you saturate your audience with your main characters for too much, you know, you want, 
you know, and then you realize why you miss them, which actually happens on the series because, you know, Goku will disappear for a while and then you see him come back and then the whole crew is like, Goku, and he walks up and he's all glowing or whatever. He's doing whatever, like he did in uh, Battle <laughs> of Gods. He shows back up, you know. Um, and so it, 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 it was really fun and exciting for me to not have to destroy my voice on a, on a film, uh, which I always enjoy. <laughs> um, and then I just get to do comedy pretty much. And it was just, I love the fact that, that, I don't want to do any spoilers, but I like the, the I'm not only going to say this broadly and not specifically, uh, but that the the rule set that that we put down for them to fight was also fascinating for me as uh, as you know, as a, as a guy playing Goku. And, and then, of course, we have a, a lovely uh, post credit scene that that I won't mention. Uh, that is <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So, yeah, I, I am so proud of this cast. And it was really thrilling just to watch everybody do their thing where I'm just I, I'm. I'm just casually on the side, you know, doing my thing. So hope that's a good answer. Right. I, I, I went mean, a little Yeah. Funny. Oh, perfect answer. Thank you so much, Sean. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Great question. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that Zach and Jason look like they're playing a the part right now of their characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes, I would, yeah, we, we were, I was coming, we came into this uh, call this morning and I was, I feel like I am the odd one out because I, I look over here, mustache. I look over here, mustache, but I need a villainous mustache. So well, I just I, don't tell anyone mine's fake, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, Zach, I'm I'm a I'm a just a huge fan of your work. I mean, you have just tremendous range. And then knowing you were casted for this, uh, welcome to the Dragon Ball Universe and family. I think that's awesome. Uh, Same to you, Jason. Um, I I I just for the life of me, and you're professional, but for the life of me, I just do not get how you take these characters and truly make them yours, and do not have any remnants of like anything you've ever voice acted. So going into Dottiero, like. What was like the thought process in really making this this sound and this and this character truly unique? First of all, thank you so much for saying that. I re- I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I I think this character was just different from anything I've ever done. We were solely focused on you know making him sound kind of like crazy and maniacal, and he's and he has a touch of like evil in his voice, but he's not pure of heart evil that's not what his motives are that's not his intention he is just a pure scientist he wants to achieve his goal he wants to uh he wants to continue his research and at the end of it all you have to remember that this character even though he is a super genius uh he uh is 24 years old which funny enough is how old i am actually so he is kind of trying to just like you know, he has a different perspective, maybe from like an older scientist who is weathered and has been like, this is my life's work. I've been doing this forever. Dr. Hedo's like, oh, yeah, you know, I've just achieved the greatest, uh, you know, uh, the greatest in engineering history here with Gamma 1 and Gamma 2. I'm still young. It's yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. Like, it's awesome. I'm just amazing. I'm a super genius. Um so yeah, no, it was just crazy. And kind of to touch on what Sean said before, like getting to work on this role with Chris Sabat, uh, you know, Vegeta Piccolo. I mean, he is a staple to the Dragon Ball universe, dream come true. And he really just kind of helped me bring out the character and do it in a funny, cool Dragon Ball cartoonish way without going too over the top with it you know kind of like reeling it back and just kind of making it sound making it fit in i think with with what everybody else was kind of doing 
have a question for Jason. Uh, mm. First of all, <clears throat> congratulations on the film, guys. You guys all did really great. Uh, Jason, I wanted to know how important was it to bring that same Red Ribbon Army energy into this film? Because it's really Dragon Ball's first real evil faction, you know? So having it come back on this level is a massive deal to a lot of fans who've been here for a long time. So I wanted to know, like, how was that energy uh, just coming in there and, and really knocking it out? Um, I loved that about it because I remembered uh, the Red Ribbon Army from when I would watch the show. So I was like, oh, okay, I understand this. And I, I see where we're going with this. And, uh, you know, then you see Magenta and, uh, you know, it's like, ah, oh, he's essentially like the same <laughs> same right. kind of dude. All right. Um, so th that was uh, kind of really rewarding because I don't usually watch, uh, I, I didn't watch a lot of anime when I was a kid. So, but I did watch Dragon Ball. So it was nice to come into a franchise and be like, ah, this I know. Yeah. Like this, I understand. I get this world. I know these characters. So that kind of set things up nicely and let alone, you know, oh, I know this totally not evil organization. <laughs> um, you know, it's totally fine, obviously. Right. So that was that was a lot of fun to be able to like bring, you know, so already having some kind of understanding of that that group was was actually kind of helpful in a way uh, because it didn't require a whole bunch of explaining to me. And I was able to just sort of bring some some memories into the uh, into That's the awesome. game. Um, this one's for Zach and Jason. Say you weren't, you could go back in history because we're all fans of Dragon Ball here. What's one character from the past that you would have loved to do the voice for? Like, I mean, and granted, they're all amazing. You know, everyone's done amazing jobs. Um. Oh wow. Uh. Yeah. You know, I I absolutely loved playing Doctor Hedo in the film. But if I could go back and play somebody. I and I of course I love every single voice actor would never ever like want to even if they decided no I don't want to voice the role anymore I still wouldn't try to take it over because I am such a huge fan of the of the show I would never I'm like no 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 um you, you uh, don't got a mean android 19 voice in you or something <laughs> you know um I I would love to play a saiyan to be honest with you uh, I think as a Growing up as a kid, I like who didn't try to go Super Saiyan? I mean, I didn't do that at all in my room, like ever. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it would just be awesome to to play a Saiyan, to kind of get to that level, you know, where you're pushed so far, do a do a fight scene and then finally, you know, reveal your true power and just like explode with anger and rage. I think that would just be amazing. Maybe I would like to play... I don't know, like a like some version of Goten, possibly or something like that. Maybe Goten, maybe Trunks. That that would have been really cool. Yeah, I feel you on the Saiyan thing. I'm thinking the same thing, and I'm talking like full, like the shoulder pads, the biker yeah. shorts, like the whole thing, like Raditz or something, like the whole, you know, the the Scouter, like everything. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm that kind of Saiyan. That kind of Saiyan is my favorite kind. So no offense, Sean. No, um, no, it doesn't bother me at all. I would love to have played Vegeta because he gets all the good lines. Oh yeah, and like they all just get to be so cool and have variations of hair spikes. Yeah, and, you know, like it's just. I know. Could you imagine rock, the transformations never end? Oh god, yes. Oh yeah, oh, they're hard to keep track of. But... Oh, sure. <laughs> they, well, I do change my voice slightly for each one, which was just an idea I had back when I first started working on the show. And I, I, I don't know that I regret it now, but it became, it be, I didn't realize how challenging it was going to get as this, the forms kept coming. 
And, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I do think it's important to kind of affect the, the state you're in as an actor, uh, because, you know, even for Ultra Instinct, you know, one of the thought processes I had for trying to do that was, you know, how do I make Goku... I, I feel like it's the ultimate Zen state to where he doesn't have to think about his moves anymore. So how do you make him sound like he's not thinking and everything's automatic without sounding robotic or boring? Uh, and so as an example, that's one of the more difficult forms to do in terms of emoting what he's what state the character is in. But yeah, to answer the question, I would again, I would love to play Vegeta uh, because he's got such juicy lines. You know, the villain, evilish characters. I mean, he's not really evil anymore, but evil characters tend to have the best lines. You know. Whereas the, the Boy Scouts don't really. <laughs> yeah. but, Thank you, you know, guys. It's good to be Goku, though. Trust me. It's great. <laughs> it's the best. Awesome. Okay. Um, my question is for Zach. Your uh, character, uh, Dr. Hito, he's a fan of superheroes. So I want to ask you, what superhero would you want to join your Dragon Ball team in a fight? Any sort of superhero you have a particular favorite or one you think would have a good place in that world? Ooh. I don't know if he would have a good place. <laughs> um, you know, I I think recently I've discovered, of course, I love, I love, uh, you know, I love Spider-Man. I love Batman, Robin, you know, Nightwing. Um, I think I would, <laughs> I would love to change it up. Let's go with Deadpool. Let's see how Deadpool is. <laughs> <about. laughs> I... <laughs> I I have recently discovered I just really like I just really like Deadpool, you know, watching the movies. I've read just a little bit of the comics, like not not a whole bunch. I haven't fully immersed myself, but I'm honestly going to like dive into dive into the Deadpool series and just check it out and start from the beginning to end because I I love the jokes and the comedy and like I don't know. I think it's I think it's a good balance for oh yeah. for a superhero. <laughs> it's a great choice he'd definitely be able to take a beating in the dragon ball world I feel like. <laughs> oh yeah he could he could take a serious beating That's true, yeah, yeah. no one's beating goku against deadpool goku would have to probably incinerate his whole body <laughs> so i mean this this question is totally on par for the movie so folks listening to the interviews are probably gonna be like what 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 is he asking this for but for all fun and intensive purposes here what is your favorite type of Oreo? Oh, dude, this is the best question. Oh, okay. oh my god, because I'm a, oh, yes. I, I can't I can't do gluten or dairy, and I love Oreos, and I'm gonna be buying Zach a bunch of Oreos very soon. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, dude, there's so many cool flavors out. They have this new like mocha chocolate one, and they put little sugar crystals in the Oreos. What? Like, yeah, there's mocha, and then there's a a, a toffee one. It's mm-hmm. really good, and they have like the little bits of chocolate and then little sugar crystals. Dude, there's so many, so, and the chocolate mint ones. Then there's the chocolate ones. They're mint, and then they're covered in chocolate mint, so they're saturated. Oh my god, yeah, I'm. <laughs> I love Oreos. Uh, I like the the winter that. ones that have like the white chocolate. Yeah, those oh, are good too. Yeah. Those are super good. Oh I, man, I think for me it's actually it's just like the peanut butter Oreos. Oh, I am yeah. I am a sucker for peanut butter, so. Hmm. Oh, dude. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. This this question uh, intrigues Dr. Hedo. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like Dr. Hedo only eats the plain ones, though. And he always would, Yeah, I'm not even sure if they're double stuff. Yeah, I would take double my stuff. payment in Oreos. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he scoops from one. He just scrapes it as if he's spooning it with one other. Yeah, yeah. And I was sitting there thinking, that doesn't change the flavor profile at all. Like, you're just doing... <laughs> 
You just one half dozen the other. Sort of like stirring your finger into the wine or something like yeah, that. It's just it like, but what are you exactly? What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> this is the solution to inflation. Let's get it done. Payment by Oreos. Yeah. There you go. Oh, He's got an Oreo dispenser in the, the car. <laughs> Carmine has an Oreo dispenser in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's all good. It's all good. Sean, I do have a question for you. And this is kind of on par with the movie, obviously, but your natural voice is so close already to what you perform as as Goku. Yeah. Uh, do you, are you ever out just ordering food in the, in the, you know, <laughs> in the drive-thru and, and somebody's like, wait a minute. Oh yeah. Does it ever and, happen to you? Yeah, I get, when I moved to LA, it, well, it's because of YouTube. I mean, I'm a voice actor, so I'm not an right, right. actor, but because of YouTube, I remember when I met my partner, Bree, um, she was doing Google Analytics a lot. And she was like, even in 2011, she's like, you know, videos of you have been watched 36 million times. I'm like, I don't even keep track. And then we did Battle of Gods and they put cameras in the booth and I did the will not destroy my world scene, which I wasn't really paying attention to the cameras. I was just working. Cause, and when people say that, they go, wow, that I will not let you destroy my world. That's that's amazing. I'm like, that's every day at work. That's <laughs> that's not one. That's that's every single day. Um but I, I, when I, when we moved to LA, I got recognized at the DMV. I got recognized at Fry's, and it's, and it wow. was more my face than my voice. Although on occasion, I, there will be someone with a good set of ears that it's like, wait, you sound familiar. And then they do a little <laughs> math, and they're like, you're the guy. And I'm like, no, I'm not Trey Park. And the sideburns, it's not Trey. I did. Someone thought I was Trey Parker at one point at, at <laughs> San Diego Comic Con. They, they thought I was, they thought I was him. But I'm like, yeah, it, it does happen more from the videos than I think my actual. Uh, speaking voice and i used to have a goku wallet that i stopped carrying because i'd be paying for like something at starbucks and they'd see the wallet and then they'd look at me and then i'm at starbucks for 20 minutes talking about dragon ball when i'm just trying to get coffee right. but i remember i was at the dmv and the guy goes walks up to me when i was just i was just getting my license he goes hey are you the guy that plays goku and i'm like yeah i'm just trying to get my license right now um so it, it does happen and it does shock me a lot but again i think it's mostly because of youtube um you know it's uh everyone who's who's not an on-camera person now has a, a following you know uh everybody seems to so it's very, kind true. of surreal awesome. <laughs> you know you guys are getting recognized with your <laughs> <laughs> all right my, my next question is for jason i'm glad i'm finally able to get a question to jason yes uh, your excellentness carmine um thank you so i want to know how you approach your performance playing a sort of like ruthless character like carmine like, what is your well, approach in changing your voice performance? Well, um, when I initially auditioned, the voice was very, very deep, and it was very, very serious and stuff like that. And it sort of ended up morphing almost more into my natural voice than a lot of other roles I play, um, which was fun. And <clears throat> it was also nice that, uh, you know, getting to, because I think we also wanted to make sure that we were differentiating from what uh, Charles Martinet was doing. Um, yeah. so yeah, so that way it's not like too close to each other or anything like that. Um, and what's interesting is that, you know, I had never necessarily thought that I would show up in the, uh, Dragon Ball franchise, but, um, I, I think it's fun that, you know, I, I play a character who doesn't throw energy balls at people and, you know, kick planets <laughs> and whatnot, you know, like he's, he's just sort of a guy who's trying to just keep things together. Um, which I, I thought was just really fun to play, um, vocally and, uh, I mean, the dialogue and the writing in this movie is so great that it was, it was very easy to, like, go with the uh, the narrative flow. But, um, yeah, so I guess that uh, part of the fun of the character was how do you keep someone who's, like, super serious interesting. And part of the fun of that is when he just has moments where he chuckles at something that 
Magento is doing or, you know, throws an extra little glance at someone else or smirks. It's like he has little moments of extra personality that were really fun. Right. Great. Thank you so much, Jason. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, I can throw one in there real quick. Sean, every time I tell somebody uh, if they have an opportunity to talk to you, I say, you know, he talks Dragon Ball all the time. Sometimes he likes to talk about music, but his real love is cars. I quickly just want to ask, and I know it's off par, but the Nissan New Z thoughts about it. Ah, uh, wow. Um, funny that you mentioned that. I have an exact replica of my Boom. car right here. My M4, <laughs> uh, with, with all the carbon fiber I put on it, um, uh, sitting at my desk here. So um, I, I, I've read some extensive reviews on the Newsy. I used to have a 370Z Nismo. Um, I'm very excited about the Newsy. I'm tempted to get one. Uh, it's either that or, or a Supra and a manual, because I like to have a manual and an automatic is what I, I like to do. But it depends on how much what's mo- going on with money, and everything's real crazy right now with the economy. So I got to be careful. And also yeah. used car prices are higher than new car prices. But yes. the, new, the new Z, I think, is magnificent. It has some unique features that came from Ferrari, like a turbo uh, sp- spool meter that helps mm-hmm. you keep, that keeps compression going because it can control uh, how you, and which is a Ferrari thing. Even my car does not have that. So I think the Z is really going to be, the Z might beat the, in sales, might beat the Super, even though the Super, I, I drove a Super recently. It was really great, but I, I really love the new the, the the new C is awesome. It's it's I kind of want one. Uh, it's especially the manual. It's they they really knocked it out of the park. So I know that's Dragon Ball really asking me about cars. So no no uh, I mean it's 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 just what you do and what and what Goku's doing when he's not fighting. That's that's, that's what right. the question and, was. You know Kira Toriyama. By the way, Kira Toriyama is a major racing enthusiast. I've seen him throughout the years. He's a he's a racing and and car enthusiast from what I've heard. Um, so I love the fact that I feel like I have that in common with him, even though I've never met him. I like to. To think that that he likes racing in cars because I, I again I've seen him talk about that uh, over the last 20, 30 years. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's exciting. Uh, <laughs> thanks for asking. I appreciate absolutely. It. Yeah, dude. I think the new Z is going to be great, and I miss my Nismo. I do, um, <laughs> but the new Z is going to be better. I think. <laughs> Um, Zach and I have been talking about cars lately. Actually, Zach is like, "Sean, we got to talk about cars." I'm like, "All right," and I've been giving him like all kinds of data. That's a good one to consider, by the way, Zach, is the new Z. That's a yeah, really yeah. I know. I have to. You look I have... great in that. That's great. Oh yeah. yeah oh man. yeah. Pull up to the Dragon Ball premiere. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I, you know, it sounds cheesy, but I really wanted a. Um, I still want it too. I just really wanted a DeLorean. I love the Back to yeah. the Future movies, and I think the Gullwing doors that that's what they are, right? They're like the Gullwing doors. Gull, yeah. Gullwing doors. That those things just look so sick. Just pull they up. Pop that thing open. You're like coming out of the time chamber. Smoke machine in it, so every time you open the door, a bunch of smoke billows out. Just (laughs) vape vape a whole bunch before you open the door. (laughs) Every time. That's one way to get ready for the premiere. Out, you know. What's I'm driving my fan. car down to the premiere tomorrow, dude. Zach, we'll go for a spin if you want. I'm <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. no, I am so down. Yeah, man. Morning. Hey, what's going on? Hey, um, what's up? How y'all doing? Chris, uh, 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 for uh, pun intended, you, I was not aware that you wore all the hats in this film by directing <laughs> and, and casting and obviously voicing two pivotal characters. Um, it's, it's, it's very well documented how much you love and care about this franchise. But now that you are in a position where you are both, should I say, in front of the camera, behind the camera in terms of production and in terms of doing the work, um, just what's your demeanor and, and mood and, and temperament going into projects now, knowing that like you, you also have fun in the booth, but you also got a, a, a vast amount of responsibility in bringing this production to life. Well, thank you for making me my job sound even more important than it actually is. But uh, 
I do feel like the, the cool part is, is that I get to wrangle the most talented cats in the universe. Uh, that's everybody in this show, everyone in this show, especially people like Kyle and Sean, they've been doing this for 20 years. So it's not really a matter of let's try and get these guys in the character. They already know their characters. It, so my job really is only, hey, let's find some new people that haven't been in the universe before. And so I was really lucky um, to be able to find the new cast members I was able to find. I'm so proud that we were able to get Charles Marnay, uh, the voice of Mario in this. I'm so happy that we got to snag Zeno Robinson, Alex Lee, and Zach Aguilar. They, these are some of the most talented up and coming voice actors in our industry that have not been in the franchise before. So it was exciting to bring them into the fold on this. Um, and at this and at this point, it was the it was the job for the story to basically tell itself. We just wanted to make sure that our dub was as awesome as it could be. And what I love to do as a, as a director is to take, is to take, let the actors do what they do best. I don't have to tell Kyle Hebert what to do. It's more of a collaborative thing of like, Hey, what do you think of that? Let's do you want to try this to see if we can make this more interesting. And I'm also looking for moments to where we can, um, to add something that, that may not have been, you know, may not have been as obvious in the Japanese that we noticed, not by adding lines or anything like that, but really by trying to make sure that the dialogue just feels natural and and good to an English audience. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I'm so lucky to have been, you know, Piccolo and Corin and Vegeta in this film. Like I'm pretty lucky. I get to talk most of the time in this movie and it's the coolest way to, to be involved in Dragon Ball future. Uh, thank you so much for all the hard work over the years, man. And for this project, obviously. My question is for Kyle. Mm -hmm. And in reading the script, this is a Gohan heavy centric movie. Mm -hmm. How did you feel necessarily about that? How did you feel like, all right, or was it like a looming, like, surely Goku and Vegeta will swoop in at some point? <laughs> and, punch, and punch somebody or something like this how did you feel about this movie especially being you know tied to the character for so long of just you know really being kind of in the forefront again yeah uh it's been a long wait uh, as long as i've been with uh, the adult form of the character for the past 20 plus years it's been a waiting game uh with with fellow fans around the world and you know hoping it's like okay okay akira toriyama we love these other characters but but let, let's come back let's bring it back Let, let's remember can we make gohan great again and um this is finally the opportunity to to have that uh, i thought personally it was a matter of time i always thought okay the potential's there um and his 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 real father piccolo <laughs> is the one to be able to uh kind of uh light ignite the spark needed to to have have him uh, be ready um to to step up and uh you you couldn't pry me off the ceiling how excited i was to get to uh to get to have this chance with 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 such a great character and to to see him um fulfill roles that he's obviously mastered in other aspects of life but but now it's it's like it's a pivotal moment it's so great to to, to finally see that 
Hi. Okay. Um, my question is for Chris. First of all, congratulations on the film, both of you. Uh, great work. Um, Thank you. I want to ask. I want to ask you, Chris. How did you handle bringing a new level of intensity to Piccolo with him taking more center stage in this film? How did you approach this new sort of dynamic that he has in the film? I think that the cool thing about being a dub actor is that we really do get to mirror what's happening on the screen. So luckily. The, that intensity that he has and the, the kind of seriousness of the subject matter really comes through in the animation. Um, going through this film, it was very clear that Piccolo was not able to, he wasn't able to lean on the characters that they're used to leaning on. It becomes very clear that he's in a real pickle, um, as a, for lack of a better word. Uh, and you see him going through his entire Rolodex of like, uh, okay, then we're gonna need uh, we're gonna need beans. And they're like, I'm sorry, Piccolo, we can't help you out there. And so, and then we then we need to uh, let's try this. So he's he's scrambling to try and figure out what they can do. They he goes through his everything possible, and then he realizes that I guess we just need to do this my way because he's not used to. He's always been the tactical one. He's always been the one that has kind of the better idea. But there, he's always had Goku going like, well, let's just fight him, I guess. And then Pickle, and then Vegeta's like, let's just destroy him, I guess. Uh, so I think it was nice to see Piccolo do what he was supposed to do. And I loved and I loved getting to experience him going through this because he does it with grace and he does it. There's a lot of comedy in it. He's the butt of a lot of jokes along the way, too. He has to use that embarrassing joke that he had stomach problems when he sneaks into the base. And then... Uh, and and then he has to live with the result of being made fun of for that stomach problem by other soldiers for the rest of the film. And the way he holds his phone, the way he's, and uh, the way he really, it, it shows that he has uh, such a, a dear friendship with not just Gohan, but his entire family. Those moments with Pan are just so endearing. And it reminds you that he is like Earth's last trainer. Everyone else is off in space doing their space things and becoming gods. He's he's on Earth. Master Roshi's not doing it anymore. It's Piccolo who's like down on the ground, grassroots, being the being the dude he is. And when people talk about how you know he's Gohan's real dad, I can understand why you would feel that way because Piccolo comes clearly from a culture of people who are tribal and they're like family oriented, and they you know they may not have genders, but they clearly are all uh, they're used to being together. And, uh, you know, Gohan, uh, sorry, Goku was, you know, adopted and abandoned as a child and just didn't have a father figure uh, other than like maybe Grandpa Gohan to some degree. But so I can understand why Goku would just be kind of wrapped up in his own world. But Piccolo has been there. He's always been been the guy for Gohan. And I'm, I'm happy to see this movie really kind of play that out. Hey, Chris, I actually did have a question uh, regarding Vegeta being a part timer in, in this one. Uh, was it something that you were excited about uh, not having to necessarily go all the way in with that? Because like, the role was obviously a little bit smaller in this case. And uh, like we just discussed with with Piccolo and and, and Gohan as well, having uh, the forefront of this. But having to take a, a back seat uh, with Vegito, how, how did that feel? Was it was it OK? Because even those moments were still very awesome and they, and they made the, the film oh, great. Yeah, dude, Vegeta can walk across the screen and just go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's can steal an entire scene. So right. I had no problems with Vegeta taking a back seat. I'm actually very, very grateful that Akira Toriyama allowed 
Vegeta to be such a big part of the series at all. Clearly, like he didn't, I don't know if that was his intention from the beginning, but you even saw in the last Broly film that the main character was Vegeta and Goku fused together. Like it was, it was Gogeta. It wasn't, uh, they were equal parts in that film. Um, and so I'm just happy that Vegeta is still kind of around. I'm loving to see like the little hint into what his evolution is. Yeah. I mean, it, the moments you get with Vegeta are kind of like the, the uh, well, actually, literally, like some of the post-credit scenes in some of the Marvel films mm-hmm. where you just like get this absolute feeling of excitement about what's around the corner. The stuff you, you see that's coming up for Vegeta and the way he's handling his training and his, his thought process, it's pretty cool. It's, it's really cool. And I'm sure Piccolo's right there to go like, see, I told you, this is how you do it. You meditate, brother. Come <laughs> join me in the iceberg someday or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I have no problem seeing Vegeta take a backseat, especially if, if it's for people like Gohan and Piccolo, who are so underserved. Something very uncharacteristic about this uh, film in the third act is, um, and Chris, I know you're a, a music guy and the question for the two of you two is that, the score sort of took a back seat, which really elevated the voice performances, uh, the very strong performances of the third act. Did that at all excite you? Or did you maybe have reservations that you didn't traditionally bring the end of the film, have you usually or traditionally have done, you know, with, you know, those banging themes and, and, and sound effects and whatnot? But in this case, like I said, the score took a little bit of a back seat, and the voice actors did what they did best. Well, I can I can tell you that I with Kyle and with Sean and I like we we've all known anyone who's worked in the series in a in a in a capacity where you have to scream, we know it's our legacy that we have to do this. Like we, you know, at the very least, we have to throw our vocal cords and uh, thrash them up for this audience because that's what they want to see. And so I had no doubt that. You know, I had no doubt that it was going to sound amazing. And in fact, there have been previous moments where in the mix process, they've added kind of effects to the voice. And I've asked the mixer, I'm like, hey, you know, this scream is so visceral and raw and amazing sounding on its own. Maybe don't cover it up. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just hear it because that's what people, that's, I think, part of the reason why people love Dragon Ball and why they like the dub actors and why they love the the performances in the shows because we, we don't hold back. It's always been that. I mean, I Kyle could tell you from the very beginning, it's how it's been. Yeah, it's uh, it's great that that gets showcased, and also, I I love <clears throat> how cinematic and epic the score is when it is there. It's uh, it helps things feel uh, bigger than life. Yeah, in the way that the, the a typical uh, series episode, um. It's just a different feel. It just feels like the stakes are definitely higher. Uh, and that's great. Um, and to have everyone just uh, front and center like that with, uh, with uh, their, their, you know, we're all shredding our vocal cords for, uh, for the art, you know? <laughs> and I know we're not supposed to, we're not really supposed to uh, discuss spoilers per se. But I don't know if he's in the, I don't know if he's listed in the cast sheet, um, but you all have probably seen a screener of the film at this point, if not, I'm assuming. Uh, so, you know, the final, you, you know, kind of what happens towards the end. And I got to give credit to Damian Clark 
who voiced the original version of that character. I don't know how you're going to print this without it giving out a spoiler, but like when I first saw his line count, you know, they're, they're usually listed in lines and reactions. Lines are like what you actually speak. Reactions are like, you know, screaming typically or making a sound. His were like zero lines and 120 reactions. And as I scrolled down, it was like open mouth roar, open mouth roar, open mouth roar into open mouth terrified roar, open mouth roar into terrified, like open mouth roar over five seconds worth of cuts. Uh, like I, there's no way Damien's going to make it through this. And he absolutely murdered it. You can tell it's his voice. You can tell it's him. And, um, and that we were really, really lucky that he came in and gave a thousand percent on that too. I wish that maybe hold that question off until later, but I got to give full credit to Damien for just absolutely coming in and making uh, the, the coolest sounds for that character that he did so well back in the day. And I just want to say, and I, as a as a you know complete sucker for composers and scores, <laughs> like I, I'm just completely overwhelmed the fact that like us as the viewers get to give the voice actor, especially Kyle and, and Gohan, having that moment, being able to like really celebrate the character to that point, and 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 obviously to the person you're speaking about and the, and the character, us being able to have that moment and give our flowers, like yes, this is the moment we all been wanting, and like it's just it's just beautifully done along with the animation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Kyle's performance at the end just gave me such chills. I, 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 we recorded it together. It was fun sitting there, kind of working on it with him and watching him do his thing. And our only focus was how can we, how can we make this as awesome as humanly possible? What can give the audience the chills that they need? And like, I watched it through because he was one of the last people on it. And I, I cried watching the dub the next day it was so good it's so wonderful to see everyone do such an amazing job uh yeah i have a question for both uh chris and kyle since um since this is going to be uh published uh before the release of the film how do you think fans should prepare themselves before going into dragon ball super superhero what do you guys think i think they need to bring all their friends and family members uh and if they aren't familiar with dragon ball at all obviously they need to do uh just a crash course and just binge as much as possible <laughs> get in there and see see the stakes and, and and get that enriched experience and uh, especially something like this it should be celebrated on as big as and loud a screen as possible and so um this Absolutely. is always uh this is always <clears throat> A great moment for fans who especially have been here for as long as the franchise has and they're introducing their kids and their friends and newer generations to this um it's 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 magic it's pure magic and it's something that uh we are all very very fortunate to get to be a part of i would my only advice would be for them to bring a tarp and uh and some and a raincoat because people's heads are going to be blowing up by the end of that movie. <laughs> it is so good. It's so good. It's uh, it's such an amazing film. Like there's a there's a part which you all saw towards the end of the film that is simultaneously the absolute peak of the awesomeness of this film, and also one of the most incredible like callbacks to earlier Dragon Ball Z uh, that I have ever seen. Like. I picked it like it, it happens so quickly too that it takes you a moment to go like, wait a minute, 
did that literally just happen? <laughs> and uh, so that's, I cannot wait. And I know there's been, you know, the, fan, the, the film has been out in Japan, you know, for a month or so. And I'm sure a lot of people have seen people's spoilers online, but I say this time and time again, you absolutely cannot spoil the emotional impact that this film has. You could know every detail and see every screenshot, but you're not going to be able to replicate the feeling you're going to have being in the theater with other people that have been waiting for these moments for so long. I, I think if you don't go and see it uh, at the, like in a proper cinema, then you're really doing yourself a disservice, honestly. Absolutely. Biggest screen possible. Got it. Thanks yeah. guys. Exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, three bro. interviews in the bag, in the bag, yeah. bro. Impressive, huh? <sighs> We did this. Time, this is a mon- this is a monumental. Listen, if you guys hear this, if you have made it this far on a thing, please share this episode. This is a yeah, monumental yeah. episode for us. This is. I sent the clip to my mom, bro. You know, as you should, as you should, mom, bro. I, you know, she has to see. She has to see where we are, bro. Because she used to hear these she has voices to see, herself. Listen, you let, know, let her like, close her. Let her close her eyes so she thinks <laughs> that you are talking to actually Goku. Yeah, because yeah, literally. That is how that that is how wild Sean Chamel sounded. She told me. She said, "Wow, he really his everyday voice is like, yeah." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, yeah." She know what's up. That is insane. That is insane. So, uh, we did this. Thank you guys for tuning in. You know, we've tuned in for an hour. We're not going to keep you much longer. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, next episode, we're going to resume the summer at Comet House. We had to fly off the pl- the the island just to do this yeah, press junket. We're going to be back on the island. To finish up the Tokyo Ghoul and the East Blue Saga of One Piece. So make sure you guys stay tuned, stay ready, and stay blessed. This is The Lookout, and we will see you guys next week. Take care.